One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the PH Nutrition Podcast. My name's Liam and I am joined by Coach Luke for another one of our research reviews. And we've got a really cool topic today. Body recomposition. Can trained individuals build muscle and lose fat at the same time? Now, Luke, this is something that we get asked relatively frequently. Maybe not even asked, but this is a goal of a lot of people, um, I find. They want to lose fat and gain muscle, get stronger at the, you know, the, the same time. And look, that's... that's a very uh, a very normal goal to have like we want it we want it all we want to look good we want to be strong so we're going to try and break down actually can this can this occur in your experience Luki have you worked with people clients that have experienced this yeah yeah it's a it's a goal that that we come across all the time like liam said there because it's the holy grail um and so i'm working with a lot of clients like it's something that that we do look to achieve in it and i achieve i don't want to say relatively regularly there's obviously always kind of situations that are more geared towards body recomposition which is why kind of this study is so interesting to us because those kind of situations are newbies people that are non kind of resistance trained or the people that potentially have a lot kind of more fat to lose they find it a little bit easier to get that body recomposition. Whereas obviously this study that we're diving into here is all about trained individuals. Is it possible in trained individuals, which is where I've still seen it within my practice, still kind of work towards it, but it's that little bit harder and that little bit more nuanced, I think as well, which hopefully we're going to dive into here. That's it. I I just wanted to say at the start of this podcast that it can happen. And I think that's what, that's what we want to to, to say to, to everyone. Yes, this is possible. There is just, Probably the the C word is going to come up a, a little bit uh, often, you know, quite frequently today, and that's context. That's something that you know we just need to dive into, isn't it, Lee? <laughs> I was worried um, what C word you were going to pop yeah. out there. No, I know, yeah, but um, yeah, no, this, this is family friendly. This one today. So, Luke, just talk about training. Like, we're going to go training, nutrition, and then we're going to talk about a little bit of like external factors as well. So, like training wise. If somebody wanted to do this, okay, what is what are the type of things that we need to be really focusing on? 
Cool. Yeah. So, so the training needs to be focused on the stimulus, and this is kind of what we saw in this this study that we're we're talking about here. It's a uh, it's a review article, so they review yeah. tons of other studies that are in there. And in terms of kind of the studies that focus really on training, all of the ones where we see kind of that that increase in muscle mass, that drop in fat free mass, it's all geared towards hypertrophy and strength training. There's no uh, some of them they they cut out like no aerobic exercise at the start and then gradually brought in some aerobic stuff as well the big kind of progress was seen with relatively high volume so we're looking at more like five six days a week sort of sessions um geared towards hypertrophy and strength that's kind of where we saw the most and looking at a variety of rep ranges and a variety of intensities across them as well there were there were tons of kind of different studies that looked at different different amounts of volume, different amounts of uh, sets and reps and that kind of stuff as well. The ones that were kind of like on average, that sort of five days a week, looking at different body, uh, different muscle groups per session uh, and keeping that kind of intensity and that volume high were the ones that you saw kind of the most progress on. Um, And as with kind of anything, it was that commitment to finishing the program as well like yeah. the, you're looking at six week eight week uh, 12 week kind of amounts here as well uh, so like a decent chunk of time not just like a three week intervention or four week that kind of thing you're looking at you know months of attacking these kind of things as well that's definitely something that that we often have said regarding muscle building or building strength as well it's it doesn't take time it is a longer process than mm-hmm. losing weight so that's that's a really good uh, insight there some of the studies like luke said that showed a positive outcome they they like you said they included high resistance it was like you say strength based it wasn't like you say some of them say circuit high resistance circuit but it's still resistance training and for mm-hmm. me that is the key thing like doing running doing lots of cardio you can lose weight but you're not gonna you're not gonna recomp your body doing that like you can get leaner but what the goal of this or the this, like say review article what we're talking about is recomposition and like getting stronger building muscle yeah. and losing weight <clears throat> one yeah. interestingly some of the studies that had slightly lower volume you mentioned volume was a big thing like they got to be doing probably three four five days a week so the, the most successful studies some of the ones that did only two days or three days a week, maybe slightly lower volume, they still built strength and they still built muscle, but they didn't lose a free mass. They didn't lose fat, sorry. So they, they increased fat-free mass, but they didn't lose fat. So like, you know, there was one from, got it in front of me there, Alcatraz, like, uh, sorry. He was like, they only, uh, only the study that did like a little bit more volume decreased their body fat percentage where the the other one did not so again we're going back to these fundamentals aren't we like you said it there like committing to the program doing enough work to create that stimulus you know so so anyone that's wanting to do this if you're training two to three times a week or you're maybe doing two or three strength sessions and then you're running and you're you know doing other maybe more cardio based biking and stuff like this and you haven't seen results this is maybe why for me like that 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 training stimulus has got to be Got to, yeah, got to be correct uh, yeah and anything else on that there was some some stuff on bodybuilding traditional strength training compared to this like what's your what's your thoughts on this like the type of exercise that people are doing like splits full body does it matter 
I mean, obviously, when we think about the big picture and we use that C word of context, the best type of training is the type of training that you're going to adhere to the most with anything like this, as long as it's still that kind of resistance based. So I know there were a couple of like comparisons really between uh, upper body, lower body splits and some kind of full body splits. But yeah, my view on that is always whichever one you are going to commit to the most and stick to is going to be the best way to do it for sure. Uh, as long as the, the kind of trend you sort of see as well is as long as kind of volume is matched for each body group as well if that makes sense so you can hit just if you're doing an upper body split and a lower body split you can probably hit those movement groups just as often if you do full body splits as long as the program is set up in the right way and as long as the volume is the same kind of across those for the most part it was kind of pretty similar results i know there was one kind of um key study i can't remember off the top of my head who it was by and i'm trying to find it frantically as we're recording this as well to try and remember it Mm. Uh, but it was a case of basically split them into two groups and saw very similar results because they matched the volume it was like they did different splits but the volume was matched and it was kind of like fat free mass gained was very similar slight differences it was something like and this like probably like half a kilo difference in terms of fat free mass gain and fat mass loss it was even less of a difference it was something like 0.2 when i remember seeing it and i think the key thing there was that the volume was matched across the splits as well there uh, yeah you're right it was Cole Cole Kuhan Cole Kuhan there's some really bad there's some really hard to, to pronounce names in these studies Cole Kuhan like I said it was powerlifting three times a week versus six times a week and you were spot on with the stuff there so uh, cool. so yeah like really good and and the last thing you need to, under, to understand guys is that you need to have progressive overload in here like this is a key thing that whatever like Luke said whatever you're doing it doesn't matter the splits volume etc number of days <clears throat> you know you've got to have a minimum you've got to have a foundation but you've got to have progressive overload you've yeah. got to continually keep stressing the body you've got to continually add more weight you know more stress more stimulus through the body to allow it to grow otherwise you again you will hit a plateau and this is probably one of the most common things that we see with people isn't it like not seeing that that progress maybe after the initial four, six weeks, you know, and then that's when they're like, Oh, I'm not too sure. And, and probably what we're going to talk about now is, and they go into a cutting and bulking cycle and, you know, and I think this is, you know, something that is, you know, a, a bit of a sidestep to what we're talking about. We're talking about body recomposition today, like bulking and cutting can work uh, for gaining muscle over an extended period of time. But if we're trying to do it at the same time, Again, you've got to have that progressive overload. That is key. Now, from a nutrition perspective, you know, there's 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 some key fundamentals that again you need need to follow, like progressive overload, like the correct stimulus. You've got to have a consistent protein intake, you know, and, and that is just a non-negotiable if you know if you want if you want this to occur. So we're looking at I mean look, the, the research on it, Luke, is is a little bit, you know. There's not a definitive number, but you, you've got to be a minimum, minimum of 1.6, 1.8 grams per kilo of body weight for me. Like that's essential because you're also doing resistance training, which we know increases muscle protein synthesis. Like if you, you need to have this so much and you need to have it, you know, spaced out across the day, you know, that is a non-negotiable. And if you don't, you probably won't see the results that you that you desire. So number one thing, get that in. There is some interesting studies on the really high protein stuff from yeah. Antonio. Yeah, you know, Jose like, Antonio, high protein, he loves. I love the high protein yeah. study. Uh, we're looking at three point four 
you know, up to four grams per kilo body weight per day, which is, there was a, there was a quite a high dropout rate of some of his studies. I don't know mm. how I understand why, but it's, but, but some of these were really positive in terms of like losing fat you know, losing fat and gaining fat free mass, you know, that these were really, really positive results. And that can sometimes be, you know, necessarily quite scary. But actually, when they compared it to a normal diet, 2.3, which is still pretty, pretty high for, for a lot of people. And again, this is, um, this is um, some, you know, good, good positive results in terms of losing, losing fat mass and gaining fat free mass. So non-negotiable, get that protein intake up around minimum 1.6 to 1.8 but probably nudging up over the 2 to 2.3 if if i'm being honest um now in terms of calories what i would be suggesting for people is that obviously the more weight that you have to lose the more of a deficit that you can kind of get away with um again if you again we're looking at this like sliding scale of kind of like newbies like that's fine you can if you're relatively new to training or the new to investment, say you haven't dieted too much, got a bit of weight to lose, get your protein intake high, do some resistance training, you're probably going to see a recomposition. But as we are talking about trained individuals, for me, you've got to maybe try and make the calorie deficit as small as possible. But this, again, is a bit of a sliding scale depending on how much fat you have to lose. So if you're up around 17 to 20% to 22% body fat, and you have a little bit to lose, you have a bit of leeway. So you can probably be in a little bit more of a deficit, like the hypercaloric kind of, you know, diets, when they did report nutrition in this, when people were in a hypercaloric kind of diet, it was, they they still saw some results in terms of recomposition. But that was when the protein intake was matched and everything, all the other factors were in line as well. So that's the, that's the kind of key thing. I, I would say practically, you need to have a really kind of sliding scale of not always being in a deficit. So like Luke said, this takes time. So I would maybe have shorter periods of dieting, maybe kind of one to two weeks. So say if we extrapolated it out to a six month program, you know, you're probably looking at every four weeks, six weeks, having one to two weeks of maybe being in a slight deficit. Most of the time you should be in at maintenance or in and around that, you know, and not being the too aggressive a deficit because that is going to impair your results. Um, yeah. Again, that's something that you can play around with, but uh, the leaner that you get, the, the probably the less, the smaller the calorie deficit needs to be because you need to, you, you, you know, you need to be building muscle. You haven't got too much leeway there. So, what, what's your thoughts on that? That kind of setup, Luke. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree. I think it's interesting to point out as well that there was uh, there, there was one study that kind of caught my eye running through this on the nutrition side of things as well. It was uh, one where they actually looked at a 500 calorie surplus as well and kept the yeah. protein really nice and high. Uh, and 500 calories always jumps out at me because people always just say, oh, increase by 500 <laughs> or drop by 500. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. You just, yeah, 500, uh, that magic number. Of 500, which can be, yeah, quite a lot. And it was interesting to see that that 500 calories surplus, this was granted in a group of resistance trained young men. Uh, So already you're probably in quite a good situation there with regards to kind of building muscle mass because resistance trained young men, a lot of testosterone probably thrown through their bodies. So can probably get away with almost a 500 calorie surplus a bit more than other individuals as well. Uh, And all of those groups increased fat-free mass, but but only uh, a couple of the groups 
lost fat mass as well there as well. So they didn't necessarily achieve that kind of body recomposition with that big of a surplus with that 500 calories. They put on muscle mass, definitely. But if the fat mass didn't necessarily drop as well, then they didn't necessarily achieve that recomp. So yeah, like Liam said there, you need to kind of find that balance with a, a very small deficit or maintenance calories or a very small surplus and have that kind of sliding scale depending on where your training focus is at at the minute as well. And you can probably tweak things a little bit as well based on intensity based on how you're feeling based on a ton of other factors there as well but i think it's worth kind of pointing out that one just because you don't have to change your calories by 500 calories each time no it's a big one you don't need to do that at all and and obviously too big of a surplus you're going to definitely if you're still resistance training and going hard there as well and your protein's high you're going to add muscle mass but you might not necessarily lose that fat mass as well so yes important to kind of find that that balance that is a key that is a key thing like you say you're, you're not there's a lots of these studies that shown that they that there there was an increase in muscle mass but not a decrease in body fat mm-hmm. so again if you're looking to build muscle then happy days this is also not exclusive to males there was lots of female studies in this review yeah uh, very similar results there was one by campbell we're just looking over over there and these insane things, positive effects on body composition, uh, physique athletes, when they increase their total calorie intake from dietary protein. So they made sure that they got up to that higher level of protein of around two, 2.3 grams, I think it was, 2.5 grams uh, per kilo body weight. So again, we, this is a common theme and that can seem a little bit scary to people. But again, this is maybe why people aren't seeing results because they may be eating quite low protein intake. So yeah, very, very good. Um, the what did I want to say, Luke? I was going to say something when I then I went on to a different thing. Uh, I can't remember what I was going to say on that. Uh, that was it. Remembered. Sorry, listeners, for for delaying on that. The other thing about deficits, when people say drop your calories by five hundred calories, we often think that we have to do it every day. Like mm. we don't have to do it every day. Like you can lower your intake on like two days a week, one day a week, three days a week. You can be at maintenance and drop that down on a couple of days, you know, uh, just, just to elicit, again, a very small a, a very small deficit as opposed to thinking I have to drop my overall calories by 500 calories a day. And I think that's the practical way that we would coach people to say like, yes, you, you need to drop or increase, but maybe it's smaller amounts at the start and seeing the progress and it doesn't need to be every single day. Like we have this, you know, kind of, you know, zooming out and looking at the, the whole week, looking at the whole month, you know, for guys, if you're not doing that, if you're just focusing on the day to day or just dropping it on, you know, and it's a blanket kind of approach, then again, if you're not seeing results, this might be something that you need to, to dive into. Wicked. Last thing we're going to talk about is external factors. They went in, they, they covered some, some good ones on this, uh, on this study, like non, non-nutrition and training related stuff. Now the key one was sleep. This is this is a really important area, and I know a lot of people that would be listening to this type of podcast have probably been bombarded with stuff on sleep, advice on sleep. But there were some really really cool studies on here. One from I was trying to pronounce this off camera, wasn't I, Luke Jabek? This is the one that I found the most interesting was that um, they they analysed a group going under well two groups. One went under a sleep education program, so it was giving actual kind of advice on how to improve their sleep both groups formed a full body workout routine for 10 weeks which is a good amount of time body composition was assessed using dexa again really kind of good 
you know, good reporting on this. And uh, both groups similarly increased their fat-free mass. They both put on muscle mass, but only, only the group that were educated with kind of sleep reduced their fat mass. So again, there was there was a disruption in people's sleep. It wasn't as good when they uh, when they didn't have this sleep education, which then impacted their body recomposition because they got stronger. They put muscle on, but they didn't lose as much fat. And this is something that is very consistent in the research, Luke, isn't it? Like if sleep's impaired, it's the fat loss that's really affected. Like there's a few studies that don't actually it doesn't impact muscle gain. You can still gain muscle, but it's the, it's the disruption in, in fat mass or fat loss that is the key thing. And this comes down to a lot of hormonal stuff, which is probably at the scope of this podcast. But um, it's again, something that if we're looking at trying to identify why you're not seeing results, or if you want to achieve this, if you're going into this and going like, right, I want to spend the next few months kind of, you know, going through a body recomposition cycle, then you need to have all of these ducks in the line. Otherwise, you're just going to, you know, you're probably going to fail at some point. So definitely look at, you know, this is a big rock sleep, isn't it? Get it, get it sorted from the start and you're probably going to see results pretty quickly. Yeah, definitely. Cool. But just on that one there, casein, they, you know, using protein, you know, across the day, I think for me, when you're in a hard training cycle, you know, definitely utilizing uh, pre-bed protein is, is, is a really key thing. I've started to use some casein and, and noticed that my recovery is a lot better. I'm doing a lot more strength training at the moment because I'm not doing so much CrossFit, but Man, I don't feel I don't I feel really good using it. It's the first time I've really consistently used it. So I think we done a podcast on that, didn't we? A few, a few weeks. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So good stuff. So look, all of these things, guys, get get them in line. So just a little recap. You know, you need to implement implement like a progressive overload resistance training program. Okay, you have to push yourself. You have to really kind of you know keep grinding away at this with a minimum, probably of three to four sessions minimum. You know, if it's three, you're probably going to go more full body as you get to get, you know, a few more sessions in the bank, maybe five or six, then you can do a few splits, but it has to be resistance training. Um, you've got to track, like, that's probably something we didn't, it didn't say you probably got to track your weight, track your progress, track yeah. your body fat, track your food, you know, because you, you, the, the, the parameters are less, you know, wide. You've got to be relatively consistent on this. Otherwise, you're not going to know what's working and what's not. Protein intake has got to be consistent. And we've got to have that kind of like real kind of floor of 1.6, 1.8. I'm going to go 1.8 because a lot of the research is a bit higher. So you've got to have it, that kind of like lower end of 1.8. And you can go in up to around two and a half grams per kilo per day. And this is a fat-free mass. Some of them are a bit higher. So you're probably looking around 2 to 2.2, depending on how lean you are. So aiming for around that. Is, is really cool, very, really crucial. And uh, you've got to have that sleep nailed down. You know, just you've got to prioritize it. Otherwise, you're just, you, you know, you're going to be fighting an uphill battle. So, but look, it can be done, guys. You know, we are here to say that it can be done. It's not easy. Uh, it, it's a little bit easier if you're, if, you're, if you're starting out and you've got a little bit more fat to lose. But it can be done. It just takes a bit of detail, some fundamentals, and a bit of consistency. Cool. Anything else, Lukey? No, man, I think you, you summarised that really, really well, actually, yeah. And I think uh, it's important whilst we're on the, the sleep thing as well, just to reiterate that the intervention in that study that you laid out was just education. 
And so yeah. Yeah, yeah. you don't have to do a huge amount. You've just got to basically worry and care about your sleep. If you care about your sleep, it will probably be better. And if you yeah. know kind of what to do, then happy days. Yeah. So I don't need to go and spend five grand on an eight sleep mattress and do all of this blue blocking glasses and everything else, no? I mean, some of them could be useful. To be fair, the mattresses, I know Ash Grossman, friend of the podcast, has like a cooling thing underneath his bed, which obviously is going to like the temperature controlled. Yeah, something like that, where in summer it cools him down, in winter it gets him to the right temperature, which is something that, you know, is probably was involved in the education intervention there as well, was about, you know, keeping the bedroom dark and cold so that you sleep kind of well. So those kind of things, they might help. But I, I reckon, yeah, you're better off starting with the basics first. As cool as they are, as cool as they are, they are cool. But there's a lot of free stuff you can do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, go back, read, the, watch the, or read, watch, listen, listen. It's a podcast. Listen to the 9 p.m. Club. I think it was one of our first podcasts. So scroll yeah. back through the lots of cool tips and tricks on sleep and build you with a nice routine for that so thank you so much for listening Luke thank you so much for joining if you like this podcast please rate it subscribe share it you know the drill and we'll be back with another research review very very soon thanks for listening have a good day ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.